All right, so welcome to Same Crap Different Day. Uh, I am Tony Kristen Walker, and in the studio today we have. No, your food name, fool. Oh me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Rashad, and we have a special guest, Miss Deborah Richardson. Hello, everybody. <laughs> but no. <laughs> All right, so uh, welcome back to Same Crowd, Different Day. I just want to say thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast. If you would please subscribe to us on whichever podcast platform you are using, whether it's SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, we're a little bit of everywhere. Uh, listen to the shows, write some reviews, let us know what you think. And today we are going to be talking about HIV. Don't turn, don't turn off. Um, we're going to talk about HIV, and we're going to talk about HIV in a way that makes it, I think it should make it a little bit less frightening for some of y'all. Keep on listening. <laughs> but before we go, before we keep moving on that, I want to say thank you to all the people that um, liked and shared this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, thank you very much. I don't want to forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all showed out this week. So continue to show out, continue to share with your friends. Uh, if you have questions, you can uh, shoot us an uh, email. You can DM us. You can inbox us on Facebook. DM us on Twitter. You can actually send us an email to samecrap247 at gmail.com. I think that's the email address. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's samecrap. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, samecrapdifferentday247 at gmail.com. That's samecrapdifferentday, all one word. The number two, four, and seven at gmail.com. I don't, I don't know if that mic is loud, loud enough for you, so you're going to really talk today. So, look, anyway. <laughs> you want to put my church voice on? No. Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> and whoever in the island, send me an email. I want to know who you is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, HIV. So, yeah, so we talked about HIV. So, before we get started, I just want to do a couple of little uh, definitions, give you a little education. Um, so HIV is an acronym stands for human immunodeficiency virus. Uh, it's a virus that causes AIDS that left untreated. AIDS and HIV are not the same thing. HIV is the virus that causes AIDS. So, you don't catch AIDS. Yeah, you don't catch AIDS. Uh, and you can't have no AIDS test. <laughs> Ain't no AIDS test. Y'all can't do them AIDS tests. <laughs> These are just some of the comments that we hear every day in the work that we do. And by the way, all four of us. I uh, work for a nonprofit organization, and we do HIV testing and work. Uh, so, yeah, so that's that's important to know. Uh, it's also important to know there are a lot of different ways to protect yourself from HIV these days. Before, there was only abstinence, which, you know, I mean, it works if you're not doing it, but everybody's doing it, so it doesn't work. Um, condoms work. Uh, condoms work when you're not practicing doing abstinence. Right. <laughs> when you're doing it right, but... We also know that people aren't wearing condoms uh, at the levels that they should. So, and they're right. And they're not wearing the right. It's about seven different steps to put on the condom that half of y'all don't even know. If you're interested in what those are, inbox us at sankartdifferentday247 gmail.com, and we will let you know. Uh, so that leads us to, well, what else can you do to protect yourself against HIV? You answer me? Yeah, why not? Oh, well, what else can you do? We said not happening. Yeah, that's that's a no. That's a non-starter. Mm-hmm. We said condoms. We don't use those. Some people do. They, do. they lie. <laughs> um, 
Because then they get babies, and it's like, well, if you were using these condoms, you wouldn't have had this baby. So. Can I tell you what they're going to say? Yeah, bro. Or oh, they used it twice. All right, keep going. You're running out. You're running out. You're running out. But then there is prep. Yeah. Y'all know what prep is? I don't think the people know what prep is. So I'm going to tell y'all what the prep is. So prep is a pill you can take. Once a day, or you take it every day, and it's for you. Don't have to take it for the rest of your life, but if you live in a promiscuous lifestyle, if you having more more than one sexual partner, you want to protect yourself from HIV. Can we take the judgment out of that? I'm, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm promiscuous. Everybody, see, everybody. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not rewinding anything. I'm not rewinding anything. So, so, but when I say promiscuous. They know what they mean. They know what I mean. See, this is what I keep trying to tell you, young people. Words mean things. Promiscuous, promiscuous, yeah, has a negative connotation. It means that you take it as negative. No, that's the definition. Y'all keep trying to redefine stuff. Y'all, y'all taking it. No, 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 no. The original definition, please. Okay, so let me get politically correct for the people on the radio. What I, let me rewind. What I meant to say: if you have more than one sexual partner and you enjoy having sex and you want to protect yourself from HIV and you don't want to use condoms or you don't want to be abstinent. There's a pill called prep. That like, that sounds a lot better than hell. No, that sounds boring. Okay. Like, I'm trying to get the people what they want to know. Go go ahead, Derek. Even if you are having more than one sexual partner, right? With that one sexual partner, you don't know what that sexual partner, who or what they are doing. Yeah. So just as a precaution to yourself, and I like to just call it the birth control for HIV. Okay. Well. People a little bit, you know, they understand what birth control. Is. No, I don't say that though, because people will say, "Well, the pill don't work." I still got pregnant, so don't say that. Because they're using it right. <laughs> Same thing. So what? They, so hold on. So what they mean with prep? So they mean, just take a pill so a day, y'all. So so what I'm saying is, with prep, you have to use it every day if you're gonna if you're gonna continue to do that. That's what we're trying to say. That's the connection we're trying to make. You got to be inherent. Yeah. So so let me go back to my whole thing about this promiscuity thing, because yeah, hold so, on. What what she just say? The promiscuity. I learned a new word for the day. It's just a derivative of promiscuous. Yeah, it's just a pro. I didn't know that. You're a pro about it. <laughs> which is why I, I hate that. Hey, man, look at him. <laughs> which is why I keep having to say words mean things. <laughs> so, 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 like, hey, when you, so, get y'all. so when you talk about people having multiple sex partners, traditionally society looks down on that because, you know, they tell us that you find this one person that you meet at 18 and you stay with them for the rest of your life. That's not the way life works. So people who... Who prescribe? Who who subscribe to the whole thought process? Process of if you have multiple sex partners, then something's wrong with you, and that's something wrong with giving the name promiscuous. That's what I mean by that. So I mean it's good to say multiple sex partners, uh, even anonymous sex partners, because when you use those old antiquated terms, it it really does do, do a lot for sh- slut shaming people. And that's why I was trying to you know stop you for you. Yeah. And the reality of it is sometimes you might be with somebody this week and it don't work. You know, it just didn't work. So you might be with somebody else that done float your boat, you know. Was that uh, uh was that flavor? That, yeah, there you go. Everybody ain't the flavor for the week. <laughs> Hello everybody. My name is Deborah Richardson. Uh, do I tell them where who I everything? Yeah, okay. My name is This Deborah is going to Ireland. Richardson. We got two listeners in Ireland. <laughs> I'm also living with HIV. 
I work for AIDS Alabama, and I go out with, along with my coworkers who are before you today uh, to do testing and education. And so, are you gay? I am by choice. You're gay by choice. I'm, I'm by choice. I, I'm really <laughs> heterosexual. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm heterosexual. Don't confuse the people. Look, look. Don't confuse the people. They limited. Don't by confuse choice. I'm heterosexual. But the door is open for whomever is going to make me happy. <laughs> oh, Lord. My Lord. We need some milk. Okay, so that was. Let the church what? say amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, so, I'm, I'm by choice heterosexual, but the door is open for whom's going to make me happy. Whoever will. Mm. See, okay, so I, that wasn't the, that really wasn't the response I thought I was going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Let so, <laughs> so between you and uh, Rashad, his bi- bisexual girlfriends, he keep dating. <laughs> Hey man. <laughs> hey man, leave my past out of this. It's a past for a reason. But anyway, so so Devin, uh, and the reason why I asked you that because you know when you say <laughs> the reason why I asked that is because when you say HIV, the first thing people think about is it, well that only happens to gay folks. Um, I asked you about your orientation because people tend to think that only you know gay people get HIV, mm-hmm. and we know that's not true, right? So. Um, if I mean, just as much as you want to disclose, tell us about your contract in HIV. Okay. I contracted in 19, probably, I don't know exactly when, but I found out in 1990. And this was from my ex-husband. Well, ex-husband now. But he was my husband at the time. Okay. So this was a, this was strictly. Yeah. Which goes back to what Rashad was saying about earlier about the multiple sex partners. I mean, she was having one sex partner. Correct. So, you know, total disclosure, you know, I'm also HIV positive. And one of the things that people tend to, to just associate with HIV is, well, you have to be having multiple sex partners in order to contract it. And that's not necessarily true. Correct. You know, it, all it takes is one person just like getting pregnant. Correct. <laughs> so. Because I know I was with my husband, but I don't know who he was with. Right, 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 right. So, so let me ask you this, and this is probably going to be a terrible answer, too. Uh, so do you think, how do you think he contracted it? My husband was involved, involved with drugs, and um, that activity would lead to a lot of Other different uh, scenarios. Scenarios. <laughs> so, scenarios, scenarios. And I couldn't tell you. Right. I, some information came to me, but I, it wasn't concrete, so... I wouldn't. Well, the, re- the reason that. why I ask that again, people think that you know when one, women contract HIV, they mm-hmm. they they contract the from the quote unquote download men. And, you know, there's research that shows most women who contract HIV usually contract it from their monogamous partner, mm-hmm. air quotes, and uh, they're usually having uh, sex and or doing IV drugs. IV drugs, I could I would probably would be his case. Yeah. Um, there has been no evidence that came to me. That he w- it might have been down low, right? I, none of that. Yeah, and that's and but you know <laughs> people do that, especially these churchy folks to vilify gay people. Like you know they're doing this because they're doing that, like something's inherently wrong, and that's just not that's, that's not, not the case. case. So um, so let me ask you this: so this is National HIV Testing Week. So what advice would you give people who um just advice on HIV and people? What advice would you give? A lot of times within everybody's being, they already know whether they need to get tested or not. 
my advice would be get tested. Um, if you you if you're having sex, get tested. Uh, you don't know who the person your partner's been with. So to be safe, to protect yourself and empower yourself, get tested. Only thing I can say is get tested. <laughs> and, you know, whatever your excuses may be, get tested. Because you can come up years and years or months and months or whatever, and then you find out you're caught in the same grip that I got caught in. Right. And that's what happened to me. I got tested because it was a suggestion from a sister who found out she was HIV positive one year, and she failed to go and get treated the whole year. Come the next year, she had full-blown AIDS. So get tested. Bottom line, get tested. Okay. You're going to ask me again, get tested. Real simple. Okay. I also want to get rid of the term full-blown AIDS. I hate that term. Because, <laughs> oh. I mean, full-blown AIDS makes it, feel, it makes it seem like that once you get an AIDS diagnosis, that's it for you for the rest of your life. You know, we know okay. that with the drugs that we have, that people can technically have an AIDS diagnosis because mm-hmm. AIDS is diagnosed as having a CD4 count below 200. Her CD4 count had dropped to four. Right. She is living healthy and well today and living quality of life far beyond she ever thought of. Right, because full-blown AIDS usually means you died not that far. Mm-hmm. So no, you know, she's good to this. She's good today. And her CD4 count probably came up too. So Oh, yeah. yeah she's un- actually undetectable. Yeah, so, you know, that's awesome. just one of the things that we... Because my whole thing is I think a lot of times we spend too much time scaring people when it comes to HIV. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the reasons why, even when we go testing, I don't like going to churches, because churches just want to tell you to tell people, don't have sex and everything's going to be fine. Well, you just can't tell people that because it's not what we do. You know? It's not reality. It's not reality. So, Derek, so tell me a little bit about the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the stuff you're talking about with the kids. Well, really, Deborah, as the parent and the grandparent, mm-hmm. um, I want to ask, what would you say to other parents and grandparents and legal guardians of teenage and school-age kids that are apprehensive about allowing their kids to get tested? Because, you know, going into, I've, um, in the past couple of months, I've been into a couple of middle schools and... The kids have a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. and they are doing a lot of things. Trust me, parents, y'all children doing a lot of things. And so I'm coming, I have a lot of parents that are like, well, they don't, what they need to get tested for? They don't need to get tested. You know, it's just a whole bunch of crazy excuses there. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to parents? And legal guardians of teenage and school age aunties, cousins, all of them, yeah. yeah, all of them. I I would say get let your child get tested. Let your child get tested. We can assume a whole lot of stuff. And one thing, as a parent, as a grandparent, as a great grandparent, one thing I do not do is assume my child has their halo over their head, those <laughs> wings on their back, and they just walk in angels when they're not around me. Um, I have. Two granddaughters, a 17-year-old and now 20-year-old. My 20-year-old, she had her baby at 17. This 17-year-old had her baby at 16. And I did the Madea, lock it down, all of that. You know, cling, cling. Yeah, we done had that conversation, and it was, Grandma, we ain't doing that. Grandma, we ain't interested in that. And the first thing I told him, I said, the first time somebody said, you cute, 
Oh, you so pretty. Your hair long. Oh, I like your skin. You're going to be looking around somewhere. Where my drawers at? <laughs> Y'all see my bra? Yeah, all of that going to disappear. So, I mean, it's just real. Yeah. Come on now. We look at television. Television depict uh, society as it is. Be real about it. I love my babies. Okay? So, we say we love them. And we walk around with this illusion and this veil across our eyes. We see these babies walking out with these hoochie cut shorts on. All everything showing but the drawers because they probably ain't got them on. Okay? So they know they cute. They know they sexy. They know they fine. And what comes behind that? Somebody going to say, woo, woo. And they all everything going to stop just like a freight truck. You know what I'm saying? And when they get hit, what they going to get hit with? So how would you... How- I know everybody's situation is different, mm-hmm. but a lot of people in general have an issue when it comes to the sex talk with other adults, let alone with their kids. And I see why well, I get questions, mm-hmm. especially from little girls, about yeast infection. They mm-hmm. think it's a STI or an STD. So if their folks are having that conversation with them about that simple thing, they don't know how to get it. How do you think would be a better, a best way for them to address just sex in general, along with the HIV part of it, to give them like you know for our folks that's listening a couple of pointers from your perspective on both ends, the educational end and the parental end. We as parents, we teach our children on different levels. Find something that is comfortable. For me, it's cooking, it's sewing, and I get them involved. And while they're doing that, I start asking questions. And I open the door for them to ask me questions. You're in a safe environment. Create a safe environment. Because what we want to do is for our children to be able to come and talk to us. And put aside all your fears and your isms, okay? Because these children are adventurous. And if they ain't coming and asking us, they're going to go and ask somebody. I would rather them come talk to me than go and get misinformed information from somebody else. Because, like, what they, I don't know if you're going to cut this or not. What they were saying when I was a little girl growing up, I'm just going to put the tip in. <laughs> No, we'll let that slide. <laughs> they still saying it. They still saying the, the, it. The tip, the tip gets you pregnant too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and uh, well, hold on. Let me say this though, because you know, it, I think the other thing that we need to tell parents is the fact that if you can't do it, you need to let somebody else do it. As, and, absolutely. And I, and I say that because as a parent, you know, as a grandparent, as somebody who talks about sex, like in some aspect, every day in my line of work. It's a little harder for me to talk to my son about sex. You know, he's 13. We have not had the sex talk yet. Um, I, I don't I don't think we're in, in danger of missing the opportunity to have the sex talk with him. But, I mean, it's really difficult for parents to talk about that. But it's also good to know that you can reach out to other people and get help. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, I know that when Maurice gets ready to uh, have that talk, if I can't do it, I know I can get Derek. I know I can get Rashad. You know, I, I could get you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the problem is people don't know how to have these conversations. And they don't want to tell anybody they don't have, they don't know how to have these conversations. And then we end up putting our children at risk. Okay. You know, if, if you're a parent of a young child, when that child turns 13, something amazing is going to happen. When you take them for that 13-year 13, <laughs> 13 um, pediatric appointment, they're going to put you out of the room. And they're mm-hmm. going to say, I need to talk to them alone. 
Yep. And then they're going to start asking them things that they think the child doesn't want you to know about. You know, our uh, revelation was when um, they happened to Maurice, um, the lady asked Maurice, well, Maurice, are you having sex? I only know this because my husband had his ear to the dough. And Maurice was like, <laughs> what's sex? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But you know the other thing is he could have been doing they just made a call or something else mm-hmm. you know you just you never know but I mean if you can't have those conversations you definitely need to have somebody to have that conversation with you I agree I agree adults don't know in the state of Alabama twelve years old your child can be tested thirteen thirteen yeah it's thirteen with twelve thirteen one of the two it, no it's thirteen thirteen well, they can be tested and treated for HIV and STIs, STDs, without your consent or knowledge. So yeah. That's just something you need to know. Mm-hmm. Because the key is they're doing stuff without your consent or knowledge anyway. Right. That's why it's, it's good to create that safe space for your child to come to you or somebody in the family and talk to. Because when they see me, they ask me for some red bags. And if you know me, you know what I'm talking about. Red bags. That's a safety. I got condoms and lube. In. Okay. And they ask me for it every time they see. And they at sure the door when you walk in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick your hand in there and grab a grab a bag full. I always say if you don't need it, you know somebody that does. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Protection, protection, protection. So, um, I guess my other question had to do with. So stigma is a, is a big part of HIV. You know, just the stigma of having HIV. Uh, a lot of people are not brave enough to come out and say that they have HIV for several reasons, but stigma also affects people who need to get tested because people don't want to get tested because they're afraid of what their friends are going to say. Mm-hmm. As a black woman, as a as this week straight black woman, uh, <laughs> this week, this week, <laughs> um, how do you, how 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 what's the stigma like for women? I know what it's like for men. What's HIV stigma like for women? For what the questions that I've had are, you know, will I be able to get in a relationship? Do I'm so do I supposed to disclose uh, things of that nature? You know, once the diagnosis is a hit, it, one would think that the future as far as relationships ended, and that's not the case. Right. Um, we as humans, we value the opinions of others that might not deter my decision or influence the decision. But it does play us a, a role. Um, we care about what other people say about us. We care about what other people think about us. And a lot of, of guys and females that I've met who have uh, come to terms with their diagnosis, their fear is once somebody knows that they are, they're going to treat them differently. Right, right. You know, nobody wants to be treated like they have some kind of a handicap or um contagious disease so that's the biggest fear is that they will be treated differently um my disease does not define me my character my principles my beliefs is what defines me right mm-hmm. and in my experience with it, a lot of times people um when they become hfp positive whether they be male or female they go into a depression, mm-hmm. they feel some type of way, and they don't want anybody to know because of what they've said before. Absolutely. Or what they've said to other people or what other people have said to them. So, you know, I already know how they feel, mm-hmm. how I felt before. So I already know what they're going to say. 
Absolutely. Because a lot of times conversations are being held around us. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear the opinions of what those people, those straight people, those religious people, those people, those them, <laughs> you know, them. We hear that conversation. And so why would I come? Why would I throw myself in the lines then? And I know you're devouring. Mm-hmm. But Why you know, would I do that? But you know that I like that lines dens reference. But you know we've been doing some work in the church recently. You mm-hmm. know we've been going to churches in rural pl- places in Alabama and talking about HIV. And it's always, I'm not gonna say refreshing, but it's refreshingly ironic that when we go into churches, they talk about, oh yeah, we willing to help whatever we can, and they the main ones like talking about us like dogs at the time, mm-hmm. you know, gay or straight. If you have HIV, then you're less or you're not as good as. But then they say, well, we want to help you. You can't help me like that. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know, you cannot help me like that. You can't help me by telling me that I'm worthless. You can't tell, help me by telling me that just because I merely exist, I'm going to hell. Like, what What? What God does that? There is not enough ministers, pastors, whatever, uh, symbol it or, or, or title you want to put behind or before your name, there's not enough of them that is talking about w- the love that we're supposed to be talking about. They're talking more about the fear factors right. and the condemnations. Uh, please get in line with what the basic information before leaving Earth is talking about. Yeah. Uh, please get in line with that. And there's a lot of people, they just don't, they, they don't use their voice. Correct. The people, and and when I say church people, there are people in the church that are open-minded and, you know, and are accepting. It's just the voices or the voices of the church are those voices. Mm -hmm. They fall into that whole peer pressure thing. That's what they they don't speak up because just like, you know, that HIV positive person or that um, gay person doesn't speak up because I don't want to be thrown, like you said, into Mm -hmm. the lion's den because I support them. I'm going to be thrown in that same vain um, with them. Absolutely. You know, they're going to keep quiet too. And, and the ones, and those people, the whisperers, <laughs> I would say to them, be brave. We need you. We need you to speak up for us. We need you to advocate for us in your own way. If you simply say, I don't agree. That's a statement, a powerful, impactful statement by itself. I simply do not agree. And you could walk away with that one. <laughs> Drop the mic. That's my exit. <laughs> I learned something real good. No is a complete sentence. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> I used to tell my children growing up, I said, didn't I just say no? That's non negotiable. <laughs> so um we are gonna go into a commercial break. Uh when we come back, we're gonna kinda continue this conversation for a little bit, then we're gonna talk about some other things. And uh, just enjoy our time, Miss Deborah. So we'll see you after the break. Break. Same Crap Different Day is being sponsored by National HIV Testing Week. Yeah, we're doing a whole week here in Birmingham, Alabama. Starting on June 21st through June 26th, AIDS Alabama, Lethe House, and other partners will be testing at Walgreens and in Birmingham housing communities. We'll, we'll start the week off in the Birmingham housing communities. Uh, we'll do one a day from 3 to 7 up until the 27th, and then on the 27th, we'll be at Hudson Middle School doing HIV testing and education, and then we will hit Walgreens stores. For more information, check out our website at gcbham.com. That's gcbham.com. Sponsored by UChaps and Walgreens.
Okay, so we're back. I uh, was sitting here talking to Miss um, Deborah Richardson. She's our very first guest on Same Card Different Day. Welcome. 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 Okay, anyway, <laughs> and we're talking about um, HIV. So before we left for the break, um, we were talking about Deborah about just some of her life experiences. You brought up something about, um, you talked about dating a little bit and disclosure. So, People who are HIV negative and are closed-minded in their way of thinking thinks that if you meet somebody who's HIV positive, they need to disclose right then. No. Yeah, I, I agree. Because how, how do you know you can trust that person with your information? information? Right. And what, what process do you use when it comes to disclosure? Now, me, I'm a little bit different than most people. Uh, if I meet my flavor... And I want things to go forward, then he'll know that day. Right. You know, it's it's open right there in the conversation. But with if I meet someone that seems kind of interesting, just got the um, scent, not yeah, the label. right. He just got about two point five. He just gonna <laughs> get my name and a phone number. <laughs> you know, and we'll continue the conversation. What's the scale? The, the scale oh, baby, you can get to a ten. <laughs> okay. If you get eight, you close enough. <laughs> if you at two point five, you just gonna get the basics. My okay. name and number. Okay. You know. Yeah. So you know, and that, and for me, you know, when I was dating, I apologize to you, two point five to that there. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know, in the dating life, you have to be careful that you don't t- discuss personal things with people who you can't trust with it. Absolutely. And then you also need to know when to disclose. I I do think that people should at least wear condoms if they're not going to disclose because mm-hmm. condoms work. And there are a lot of antiquated laws on the books right now that will charge you with the exposure, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean, if I have HIV and I have condom, uh, condom on and sex with someone, they are pretty much... At no risk. Right. So why are you getting charged for something that simple? It's like charging somebody for just touching somebody, which is crazy. I was just on Facebook um, on Thursday with one of our classmates from high school. They posted an article from somewhere where a um, guy was trying to um, sue a, girl, a lady that he had had sex with and she was HIV positive. He did, he wasn't HIV positive, but he found out later. And and the people were commenting on there that isn't that a felony and she's supposed to go to jail. In some states, so so the HIV criminalization laws are different in all states, and in some states, it is considered a felony. In our state, it's only considered a misdemeanor. But I would argue that it doesn't need to be at all. Yeah. <clears throat> because if you're not, here's the thing, and I think it started with that suit from McDonald's when that man wasted that hot coffee on himself. And sued McDonald's because he wasted hot coffee on himself and got some third degree burns. <laughs> well, bruh, it was hot ass coffee. Like you knew it was gonna be hot. The cups say hot. The cups say hot. <laughs> okay. Even if it didn't, it's coffee. This is not a frappuccino. This is coffee. Mm-hmm. So you burn yourself and it's your own fault, and all of a sudden you get to sue somebody else. That's what I look at these HIV criminalization laws is. Either whether they told you or not, you have the op- option to protect yourself. If you choose not to ask on their HIV status, even if they lie, you choose not to, to wear condoms. Yourself, right? That's that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's totally your responsibility, and you can't run around. But that's the problem in our society right now. We spend too many time, too much time blaming other people for our problems. Mm-hmm. You know, correct. It's uh, but anyway, uh, that's another show. That's a whole nother no, show. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'll you be back. so you also. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you also talked about uh, allies, and I and I have to tell you, you know, uh, I think me and Rashad just uh, celebrated our anniver- our first year anniversary together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started working for me last year, and um, great relationship that we have. Um, uh, smart young man, but Rashad, you you have some issues sometimes with talking about your job with folks, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, a lot of issues. You know, some people say, "Why you work there?" You know, "Why you uh, you trying? You need you need to tell me something." You know, what I'm saying and it's just like when I'm working at this job, it's like y'all don't understand what I went through to why I want to fight so hard. So let me break it down for you. So before I started working in the HIV field, I didn't know much about HIV. If you ask me, I probably can even spell it. And then I'm being on a serious <laughs> note, but that that wasn't my reality. Like I didn't have to. I didn't. I wasn't exposed to it. I wasn't. That was taught not to worry about it. Well, I I was graduating college, and uh, after I graduated, I seen I seen an opportunity. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this a shot. You know, I like speaking up for people. I like being the voice of someone. So let me let me speak up. Let me use my voice. So I apply for the job. Then I meet Tony. Now. The crazy thing, the, these next events I'm finna tell you, I'm finna backtrack a little bit, but these next events I'm finna tell you finna blow your mind. So in 2015, there was this young man. You know, we real good friends, we're close, and uh, I was looking out for him. And in December, he had to go into the hospital, December 4th, two, uh, 2015. Excuse me, 16. So he goes to this hospital, and uh, he's there for a week. They're trying to figure out what's wrong with this man. They've been doing surgeries. They're doing so much for this young man. And now, mind you, this young man, he's an athlete. He's about 6'2", built, like you said, good head on his shoulders, great athlete. Everything is perfect. He goes down. He's in the hospital. They, they're chopping him up. Uh, on December 15th, the day before his birthday, they call him and say, hey, you don't have to worry about anything. We thought you might have cancers. You, you're cancer. You don't have to worry about nothing. You're good to go. Well, then in February, they call him back and say, hey, you know, we need to do additional testing. And when I was talking to him on the phone, I'm like, bro, keep your head up. I got you. You know, you're going to be okay. Well, come to find out in March, they told that man he had cancer. So for, for a moment, it's like a roller coaster. He went up, he went down. So now he has something that he has to live with for the rest of his life. And I always ask him, like, how do you stay, how do you stay focused? How do you keep fighting? Well, if you wonder right now, if you know me, that's me. I'm that man that has cancer. And if it wasn't for Tony, if it wasn't for Deborah, I wouldn't be here today. So I'd be a fool to think because of you know, whatever they go through, their status, that I'm going to judge them and say, oh, I'm going to turn my back because they're HIV positive. When nobody, when everybody that was HIV negative, they didn't support me. They left me, to, they left me dry. They left me hanging. When I didn't have food to eat, there was nobody there. But you know who was there? Tony and Deborah. So how in the heck am I supposed to not fight? This is why I fight. This is why I, I break my back. This is why I fight against whoever. I don't care what you identify as. I don't care what you do. If you are in a situation, I'm going to fight for you. And I'm going to stick my neck on the line and make sure that you know at the end of the day, not only do I have love for you, I care for you. And I'm going to do whatever I got to do to show you that I'm, I'm here for you. It's so many days when I get out in the field, people say, why you do this? I do this because they gave me life when everybody else turned their back against me. It's almost like apples and oranges. You know, growing up, I was always taught we only can eat apples. Stay away from the oranges. Well, when the apples left me alone, those oranges was the ones that picked me back up. Those oranges was the ones that gave me the show that I needed. To, to cry on, to, to, to be there for me and build me back up. And now, I'm not only my apple, hell, I'm a super apple. <laughs> There's nothing they can tell me that I can't do. So that's, that's why I fight. And this is why you should fight too, because together we can all end this. I don't care what you identify as. If you do not speak up, you're going to get left out. 
Well, how we know the cure for cancer is not with, the, with a person that, that may be identified as a gay man or, or a lady that may identify as a gay woman. Why are we so quick to judge somebody else when we should be worried about ourselves? But I'm going to drop the mic on that. Remember that drop the mic conversation? Drop the mic. That's this right here. <laughs> are we opening the doors of the church? What are we doing? I know, what right? part of the show is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah but, man, I felt it. Let me have my moment. I was giving you um, kudos. Man. We opened the doors of the church. church. Hey, hey, look, we do got offering too. You know, we, <laughs> y'all want to pass some last collection plate around? You know, we here. Don't mess with. But see, you know, we, we we do need more more advocates. Uh, you know, one thing that I find is hardening being in this field and being of this field. Is that especially when it comes to black folks? And I'm calling black folks out because I call white people out in a minute, so I'm calling my folks out. Y'all need to get some education because um, I mean, some of the stuff y'all say is just absolutely ridiculous. Most of the things I see online that white people say, I can always see where it's kind of rooted in racism. But when black people make comments about <laughs> LGBTQ community and HIV, it's always rooted in this blissful ignorance. Like y'all don't want to know. You're not trying to know. You're just gonna say something stupid and ignorant. And then you're like, well, why they cussing me out? We cussing me out because it's stupid. That's why. That's why. I'm it ain't no big deal. Well, yes, it is. <laughs> right. They're always saying something stupid. But it's also so bad to where, it, you know, we got <clears throat> very few straight men who work in the prevention aspect of the, of the work that we all do. Mm-hmm. But you have even fewer who work in the medical part. You know, mm-hmm. I've been HIV positive for, what, 20 years, and I've had one black doctor. One. 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 I've not seen one. You hadn't seen one. I'm, and I've been twenty five years. Yeah, here. you haven't. But, never seen one. but the ignorance, the the stigma that's associated with this particular disease makes it impossible for people who look like us to even get up enough nerve to say, "I want to help people live with this disease because mm-hmm. they look like me." Mm-hmm. You know, it just makes the whole system seem a little out of whack a lot of times, which is why I'm glad that we have. You know what I mean? Like uh, <clears throat> Rashad, who's working on this master's degree, you know, he says he's going to do something else. We don't know. He might stay in this field. He found the right money. Uh, <laughs> Come on, grants. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we do need we do need more allies and more people, you know, fighting, you know. But, the, you know, the people we need to fight most for, I think, of our kids. Mm-hmm. Because not only do they not want to know, like I said earlier, they don't want to tell the kids. There, you remember? Uh, was it last year when we had the, that lady who complained? Oh. We we had gone to a school and did some HIV tests, and, and uh, the, this lady's child got an HIV test, and obviously didn't tell the parent. Mm-hmm. And then once the parent found out, they got all upset, calling up to the mad. school, mad. Ooh, she was mad. But first of all, <clears throat> your child, if they're thirteen years and older in the state of Alabama, can take a test without you knowing. She was mm-hmm. extra mad because we wouldn't give her the results. <laughs> <laughs> and and you don't you cannot know the results because mm-hmm. that's a HIPAA violation. They don't mm-hmm. need they you don't need to know that particular stuff about them. And as a parent, I know that might be hard for y'all some of y'all to swallow. But at, at the end of the day, if that child goes, well, you know, I did uh, this, that, and the third. I might need to get an HIV test. Then let them get an HIV test. Okay. You know, and they don't need your judgment because chances are you only 10, 13 years older than them in the first place. You need one yourself. Did you catch that? Mm. <laughs> I got it. Shut up. <laughs> but they still need one to shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, they really do. <laughs> they really do. So, 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 Rashad, so, so you're, you're single. Uh, are you single this week or you? 
I'm talking. Don't be putting his business yeah. out there like I, I, that. I'm talking. Um, I'm in the dating phase. That's okay. what I'm talking. I just, I just wanted to know. <laughs> I'm in the dating phase. Well, they already know we had this conversation. Yeah, they had, yeah, yeah, we had the conversation. They, they already... know he's a hoe. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> I ain't no hoe no more. Oh, <laughs> so wait. I've been delivered. Wait, so no. I got he's a question. Promiscuous. What's the difference between a hoe and a promiscuous? <laughs> what's the difference between... No, I'm serious. What's the difference between a hoe and promiscuous? I will say this. The difference between home promiscuous. I guess the difference between home and promiscuous is that promiscuous, I intentionally knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. As a as a as and what I mean by that is that I, I had a mission to a certain deadline, certain mm-hmm. standard. That you I'm had conquest. <laughs> At least two weeks you're you gonna get now, it. As, as a whole, that's what I get called by people like Tony. You know, oh. or people like you, or people like no, no, that, no, 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 I don't wear the label. Oh, I'm a hoe. <laughs> That's you know the same like, thing. It's, it's, it's I'm a rehabilitated hoe. It's what you call. It's like what you see. Somebody. I witness a woman offering them food stamps. I fall down every now and then. See, like, for me, I would think promiscuous is. I have sex with pe- different people, but I'm selective in that person. Right, that's mm-hmm. what a hoe, I'm just going to screw, well, you know, whatever is there. That, that's got, the difference another, for me. See, we got another term for that, though. What, what is, is that? That's that? thought. Same difference. Uh-huh. Nah, that is thought. acronym for that whole over there. But I'm saying, well, we just, oh. we, we liberate, <laughs> I just I imagine we'll liberate to thoughts when we say that. That's going to hit anything. You know what? Yeah, so See, that's why y'all, words that's mean why y'all confuse me. <laughs> right, words Y'all mean confuse me. I'm confused now. We're going to do it. Hey, we probably need to do a whole show on uh, on slang. Because, I mean, like, oh, so, slang. slang. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I thought you said train. Was, no! We home. might have a different word for train. I ain't tell you what y'all call Leave it, train. Leave that alone. <laughs> <You don't laughs> Leave that alone. Anyway, okay. So, so, mm-hmm. so, what was your intentional question? <laughs> so, you, so, my question? question for you was going to be about dating. Like, how do you protect yourself against HIV and other STDs, STIs? You know, because so, you know, Birmingham is the syphilis capital of the of the country. Okay. I might say the world, but we got a syphilis problem here in Birmingham that's kind of like jacked up, and the HPV problem too, and a chlamydia problem. For years, yeah. <laughs> But I, I will say, so I know one thing I do personally is I'm big on condoms. And uh, I'm big on also, not only that, getting tested myself. You know, I I feel like it's my responsibility to get tested. If I contract HIV, if I, if I contract gonorrhea, chlamydia, whatever the case may be, I take full responsibility for that because it meant I didn't, I didn't take the time to go take care of myself. I assume by looking down that because no nothing was showing and nothing I ain't seen any symptoms that I was okay. Ain't that burning? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> we 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 all make that mistake. Yeah. I also will say like even when it comes to getting condoms, granted, you know we work for a nonprofit that we pass out condoms. But before I even started working with y'all, I used to be embarrassed to go to Walgreens to get that little box and have to make that eye contact with that with that cash the cashier <laughs> and she looking at you shaking her head like what you finna get into. <clears throat> I used to hate that. So instead, I would be like, you know, I would I'd try to go to the self-checkout. What's crazy, most of the time, females don't mind going to buy condoms. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. not. And, 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 <laughs> oh. I, I don't understand it either. You know what I'm saying? Like, females don't mind getting tested for anything. Okay, I got a question. What's up? Holla at me. Okay, well, 
Mm. Okay, so in my experience, this, this is just about honesty with men. And okay. we need to get, ladies, get y'all men to listen. Because, so you know, when we're doing testing, we have the little sexual survey right. part. And you have to ask your question. Right. And so one of the questions is if you're having anal sex, you know, or how you had sex, oral, anal, vaginal, anal. It's a number of people that don't know actually having sex is vaginal sex. That's the first thing that's crazy. I mean, like, it's a vagina. But anyway. You need, you, you need a vagina and a pussy are the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't th- it's so funny. Be like, I've asked people that. Look, look, like, you're right. I'm like, so have you had vaginal sex? Like, what's, what's that? <laughs> like, just regular sex. Oh, you mean in the pussy? Yeah. 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 And you're like, what is you talking about? Yeah. Okay. But there are a number of females that confess and admit that they have anal sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Their their partner, their husband, their boyfriend, they whomever can come in to test after them, but they not having no anal sex. Ooh, that nasty. So, so we don't want to know you have anal sex. I don't want to know if you have anal sex. I never, I never did that. I don't want to say. I will say this. I will say this. But maybe it's that association that when you think of anal sex, they may think you know somebody may think I'm 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 gay or something. Maybe that's why most people, most men, if that's that's the only correlation I can see. That would not be accurate. But why won't you tell if that's what you're doing? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I feel like that's where saying. that comes from. That they may say, "Oh, well, I don't want to, I don't want to feel like I'm admitting that I'm, I will be willing to have gay sex." That maybe goes into that goes into a whole nother line, though. It just came like, to like, me. like that's like a you that's like a YouTube tunnel that we finna go down. Now, <laughs> I don't know. I, it just came because but you I went ask, but but. I get it so much. It's right. crazy that I get it so much of him about this yeah. little t- conversation. And I, yeah, yeah, I, mm. that, yeah. Let's not go down there because that's gonna be a, okay. That's, I'm sorry, y'all. So, I'm sorry. yeah, that's gonna be a deep <laughs> hole to get out of. But I think that's why. That's why I don't say that. Okay, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. So, 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 you test yourself. Do you ask your partners now about a recent HIV oh, test? Yeah. Always. You ever doing the couples testing and go with them? Uh, How I will say. I will say. I will say this. That will probably be something I would do if I know I'm about to be serious with someone. Meaning that, you know, if I know that we're not going to be using condoms anymore, I would then that's why I would do couples testing. So you don't worry about it too much because you always use condoms. Yeah. Okay. Well, always. I can see that. But, you know, that that goes into that whole thing with people who serial date. Right. You know, when they first meet, they'll start using condoms. And after knowing you for four, five months, four, five months <laughs> let's just throw them away. Right. And like, well, did we do an HIV test before we threw those condoms away? Right. And a lot of times people don't. They just think that just because they've been with that person that they're fine now. Right. Ladies, stop doing stuff and then come and say, I ain't never having sex again. Okay, that's a lie. No more. That's a lie. <laughs> and I tell everyone, um, you lying. Don't lie, but don't do it. They knew that was lying when that thought was formed in their head. Mm-hmm. I knew and he was lying. I knew up. he wasn't no good. And Never you do that very white, hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where my drawers in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, we're going to go back into another <laughs> break. Uh, thanks well, again <laughs> for listening to the same crap different day. We'll be back in a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord, that's going to be it. Where my drawers in? Yeah.
Same crap, different day is being sponsored by National HIV Testing Week. Yeah, we're doing a whole week here in Birmingham, Alabama. Starting on June 21st through June 26th, AIDS Alabama, Leaky House, and other partners will be testing at Walgreens and in Birmingham housing communities. We'll, we'll start the week off in the Birmingham housing communities. Uh, we'll do one a day from 3 to 7 up until the 27th, and then on the 27th, we'll be at Hudson Middle School doing HIV testing and education, and then we will hit Walgreens stores. For more information, check out our website at gcbham.com. That's gcbham.com. Sponsored by UCHAPS and Walgreens. Okay, we're back mm-hmm. for the last segment of uh, Same Crowd, Different Day. Uh, again, thank y'all for listening. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast, uh, Vehicle, whether it's iTunes, um, TuneIn Radio, uh, Google, Google Play, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you listen to us, be sure to like us, uh, subscribe so you get our new uh, episodes when we post them every two weeks, usually on Sunday nights, Monday mornings. It's when we get them up there. And again, thank you, Miss Deborah Richardson, for joining us today. We might, Anytime. We might say about making this a full time gig. Ew. Yeah. We need a little. Um, gonna make, that's going to make some people <laughs> mad right there. That's going to make some people mad. I'm kind of liking this female energy. <laughs> so, Derek, mm. um, so we were talking uh, about a month ago when we had all the. Um, the the high school graduations. There was this one graduation that kind of set people afire in Birmingham. It may have gone viral and actually gone across the country. So mm-hmm. there was a young lady who, um, when she walked across the stage to get her diploma, she had on this black wig under her cap. And when she got the diploma, she took off the black wig and threw it down to expose that she had this bright red hair. Well, she didn't throw the... Um, the um what she threw down? She didn't she threw, throw the hat. It didn't matter what she, she threw she down. She threw something. the wig down. Yeah, she threw the wig down. She threw yeah. the wig off. And so people were giving their two cents about how disrespectful they thought she was and blah, blah, blah. And I have to be, you know, and that's why I hate the 24-hour news cycle and this whole um, <clears throat> YouTube generation type thing because we see everything instantly. And I have to say, when I first saw it, I'm like, well, that was disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Until I saw, you know, <clears throat> what the reason was, and then I was like, "Yeah, more power to you," because you know, Basically. you know, because what had happened with her, the school that made some arbitrary rules about your hair had to be black or brown on graduation, and her point was, "My hair been red all year. Like, why I gotta color it for this graduation?" Which is, it's for me, it's a First Amendment uh, violation. And it wasn't a weave or nothing; it was her right. hair. Right, yeah, which is, which I really feel like is a First Amendment violation, which is why I hate that they make our kids wear in, uh, uniforms to school. But that's a whole other story. Yeah, but you know, most of the parents, you know, I put it. I was had the conversation on my Facebook page, and a lot of the parents were saying, were saying, you know, that there's a time and a place for everything, and you know, you got to follow the rules. What's she going to do when she have to go get a job? And la, 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 number one, school is not your job. And if that were, if they let her wear this hair like this all year, and why she can't wear it on graduation, number one. 
Right. Number two, why is it left up to the principal to say that's not classy enough for graduation? But, yeah, why wouldn't it uh, rule the whole year? That's my issue. Like, if like, why is this hair bad on this one day? Yeah, well, one of their arguments was that that was kind of like supposed to be a part of the dress code, dress code. But you haven't enforced the dress code. Even when I was in school in Birmingham, like you could start the first day of school with That's some unenforceable. some green, um, blue, and purple tennis shoes, knowing that you're only supposed to wear black or white. But then um, you get all the way through the school year, and then in December you got a visit from the state or something, and the day before, boom, everybody out of uniform, you suspended. What well, I done wore these shoes since the first day of school, yeah. and you want to tell me today? Yeah, no. That's out of order. And then that's when mama come up there and act a fool. Oh, mother. You should have been up there before. <laughs> Deborah, as a parent, am I wrong? I don't have children. Am I wrong? Um, I will see one thing. The consistency is one thing that children just love. You know, they, they need really it. need mm-hmm. uh, that consistency. They need that that direction. And if, if you're confusing a child, and that's why a lot of our children do speak out. A lot of them is walking around with pink and blue hair because they're individuals and you're not mm-hmm. identifying them as individuals. You can't lock all of us up in some kind of closet and say, you 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 know, we're not cookie, cookie cut. Mm-hmm. We're not cookie cut. And, and I love it when the when the children do, you know, show show your true colors. So my issue was, and this goes back even to the thing with the HIV testing we were doing at doing at the school, is the fact the parents are not involved with the kids' work. Like you got parents who never look in their kids' backpack for the whole year. So the kid brings home a form to say, "Hey, we need you to sign this form so your kid can do this HIV test." You just sign the paper you haven't read. You turn it back in for that girl. I felt like her parents kind of let her down mm-hmm. because I would have encouraged my child to do that. I mean, I would have told her, you do it, and when they say something to you about it, then you come get me because we finna fight this 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 thing together. Right. Perfect perfect example. Uh, one of my godchildren uh, went to uh, the album School of Fine Arts. Um, when she um, auditioned, she had a tight, bond with braids she's been on a lot of the media that the school has used or had used like the first two years that she was there like ballet poses the whole nine yards well they get this new dance instructor and he rewrites the rules and the rules are you can't dance ballet if you cannot pull your hair back into a tight bun with no bumps black folks have bumps he might as well just said, I don't want no niggas with natural hair. <laughs> okay. It's what it boils down to. But and and some of my one of my two of my classmates had daughters at the school, and both of them had daughters who danced. One of my classmates was, well, that's what the rules are. Because y'all have pressed every day and it's straight. And so it's your daughter's hair. Mm-hmm. But my other classmate was like, this some bullshit. <laughs> And all of the people who had been at the school before, the black people who had been at ASL before, they were like, this is some bullshit. Like, how do you do this? Like, how do you make this right? Like, why is this even a rule? And I think a lot of times we lay down too quickly when people put up laws. I mean, when you think about it, slavery was a law. Okay. I mean, so when people talk about you have to obey the law and you have to obey, no, you don't. If the rules and the laws are not just fuck them as far as I'm concerned. See. Okay. You know. Say though, be prepared for the consequences if you're not going to obey the law. But you have to, but yeah, but I mean, you, but a lot of times when, 
I would rather disobey an in, unjust law than just go along with it. Right. You know. And the reason I say that though is because I don't. You know, most people they like to play the victim role when that happens. Oh, they did this to me. It's like just like if I know right now if I go run a red light, it's a chance I'm gonna get pulled over and stuff like that. But I'm prepared for it. You know, and I think that's the thing. The biggest thing that it speaks with advocacy. Like even when it, going back to the HIV, just advocating for HIV. Know what you're getting yourself into before you do it. Don't do it half. Yeah, this a, a, activism and advocacy is not for the weak. Like, right. you know, I don't care who you think you are. Right. You know, if you don't have a heart uh, of stone and just a lot of of strength okay. about yourself, activism and advocacy is not for you. Because right. people is I, mean. Yeah, and I wanted to comment also. A lot of us is not in the political field. You know, we don't have to have a job to know what rules or what laws are being sent through our uh, pol- po- political procedure. Right. We just need to be involved. Right. They have city council meetings all the time. Go to a city council meeting Tuesday to see what law they're trying to put into effect. I remember when they posted a camera up on First Avenue right there at the intersection. Okay, they're going to get a picture of your tag because you done broke the law. Who said that y'all could put a camera up? Who passed that? Because when I go over into other neighborhoods, I see the cameras where they were supposed to be, but I see them taken down. Right. Because somebody voted against that. Mm -hmm. Somebody said, no, you're not fixing to put us under surveillance in our neighborhood. But, you know, I mean, I can't be relaxed at home. Right. You watching me on the camera? (laughs) Come on now. When can I just be, you know... Really, it is really getting ridiculous how things are being processed. And we're not paying attention. People, please believe there's some kind of reinvention of Come incarceration. Come on. No, and that slavery. Was there you go. There you go. Reinvention of slavery yeah. with that, that is happening. If you don't watch yourself, you're going to be standing in line again. Yeah, I better. I watch, remember that food stamp line. Um, that wasn't pretty. Yeah, I better watch Handmaid's Tale. Like yeah. Y'all uh, watch Handmaid's Tale, and then what? What Jeff Sessions just did? Um, we we need to do a show on. I think that can, can we do that for our next show? What Handmaid's? Talk about the Handmaid's Tale in the parallels of what's going My on now. Lord, but if you watch scary. the Handmaid's Tale and how Jeff Sessions just used the the Bible and the Scripture and even Melania outfit, and I. <laughs> Blessed be the fruit. <laughs> May the Lord open. <laughs> I think another thing, then, y'all, y'all really should check out uh, This Is America by Childish Gambino. Oh, yeah, that's good, too. And what, it, what he's doing is like we get caught up in trends that we get so lost in what's really going on, and that's what's happening mm-hmm. right now, in front of us. Now, I will say I watched that video, and the first time it was a little bit shocking, but it's one of my favorite videos now. Right. There's so many messages in you that gotta video. You got to watch it like six, 12 times. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. You got to watch it at different corn, different pieces every yeah, time it's, you watch. It's hard to it's watch. It's full meaning. But, I don't uh, have but, to watch them. Uh, but, but, you know, but, but going back to, you know, our original topic, in, in these rules for these kids, I mean, I think young black children, I, I, I almost feel like we send them to elementary school. We prepare them to be uniform. We prepare them to be non-self-expressive. We prepare them to not have any ideas. We prefer, we, we're preparing to send them to jail. We're paralyzing these we children. We are paralyzing these children. And I really think, and you know, if if my child was in public school, or if I have friends who have kids in public schools who want to do something about this, and I hate the fact that our kids have to wear uniforms to school because the argument for putting our kids in uniforms was 
well, you know, Johnny may not have as much money as Miss Sally and them, and so he don't feel bad. Well, Johnny and them poor broke, guess what? Johnny uniform clothes going to be dirty, too. Basically, so a, so so you didn't create that didn't, white shirt ain't gonna be white right no more. right right. So they you didn't had a polo right. You didn't you didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't cure anything by they didn't fix anything by that. You know, it's like if kids all had the same clothes, then they're less they're less likely to fight. Or you know, they won't feel bad. Well, if we all got the same clothes, and my clothes dirty. Guess what, folks? I feel bad. Lies. And even the gangs, the Bloods were um, khaki, the Crips were blue, and the Disciples were black. Yeah, people are gonna do what, <laughs> people, people, people are gonna do what they want to do anyway. So I mean, I think this is a whole waste of time. And again, I just think that we don't allow our kids to be self-expressive. And I just think, we, and speaking of that, there's a video that's out that new trending little video of the little boy sitting at the little, you know, at his at the table, and he won't. He's his, sitting in a high seat, high chair, a high chair, high chair no table. Mercy. Same difference, <laughs> but you know what I mean. And uh, his mama trying to give him something to eat. And it was some peanut butter crackers and maybe a couple of other things. And he was like, "Um, I don't want this. That's just a little snack. I want some food. (laughs) And she was like, "Uh, but, you know, this is what I'm finna get you. And so this is what you finna eat. And he was like, "Uh, no, that's just a little snack. He's like, so what you want me to do? I need you to go and cook some food. So, you know, <laughs> the people on the people on the video was back and forth, 50-50, and I'm the same way like the people was. Number one, if this is what I told you to eat, this is what I'm going to need you to eat because this is what we got to eat, you know, from the uh, adult part, you know, of me. But then on the other side, I just thought two days before probably he wanted a peanut butter cracker or whatever. And she told him, that ain't nothing but a snack. You need to eat some food. That's where he got it from. And so now today, he just telling you what you told him two days ago. Yeah. And, you you know, he we don't listen. Watch how you talk to your children. But, they pay attention. But, you know, that goes back to, you know, with us in Hollywood. Like, you know, I love, <laughs> I love my son's school because they actually deal with a child as if they are uh, an, an an autonomous person. You know, I, I hate when people say, well, I fixed this, and if you don't eat this, you're not going to eat. Do you not know your child? Do you know what your child eats and what they don't like? I'm not saying that they shouldn't try stuff, but if a child doesn't like something, we know right now there are grown people. George Bush hated broccoli. Wasn't it broccoli he hated? Some Brussels, something like that. Brussels sprouts or broccoli. 50-something, 60-something, 80-year-old man still don't like broccoli or Brussels okay. sprouts or whatever it was. So as an 8-year-old, he knew he didn't like that crap then. Why are you forcing your child to eat this shit that they don't want to eat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I asked my mama when I was, oh, Lord. <laughs> I wanted you to go listen, but I asked her when I was young. I'm going to tell her. <laughs> like, my mama like pig ears and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I can't, ooh, can't stand it. But she liked it, mm-hmm. and she would cook it. But there were things that I liked. That she wouldn't cook because she didn't like it. So I just asked one day, so why you cook stuff that you like that I don't like and I got to eat it, but you don't cook stuff that I like that you don't like? Got in the mouth, didn't you? No. She looked at me and she said, well, you ain't got no money. <laughs> well. And we moved on. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, because her money, my money at that point, you had me and you responsibility to take care of me. Well, that was the best answer she could come up with at the uh, time. Fair. I would have came back on Other her. Other than like, popping me in my mouth. Right. Because the look she gave me, I knew I didn't need to say nothing else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Deborah, no, Deborah wanted to hit me now. I see your face. I'm just reminiscing. <laughs> Because when my son was little, he ate those eggs. But when he became a grown man, he said, I don't eat eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I like when? I didn't like them when you made them. So, <laughs> so, 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 so are we saying that there should be like a common ground, a little give and take? Because like, there seriously. should be some give absolutely, and take. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you don't know until you try. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. Some children won't try. But I mean, about even with the little girl that we're talking about with the hair, like, I really think her parents should have been there. With, like, they should have known about the situation. And it shouldn't have first. It really shouldn't have come to a head at the graduation, because if her parents were involved, then they would have been fighting this all the way down the road. And as her father, as her petty ass father, I've been like, okay, girl, where that black weed? When you get up there, throw that <laughs> shit off and get your shit and walk on about your business, they can't do nothing. And you know what? We never did talk to the mama. Maybe that's what the mama told her to do, because you know the mama ran across the street right before, and she ran across the street and bought the weed. She mm. bought the breed right before graduation. So maybe mama told her that. You going up there and get your stuff. If anybody knows the rest of the story, let yeah, us know. Yeah, somebody let us know. But, you know, now that you said that, that she ran the shit, that's about what mama might have said. If she did that, and only if she did that, well, I say she's not fair. <laughs> I will say this, though. Cause I see it from another point of view. There's, uh, there's a mutual friend that would actually record it. So I saw it the first time it actually happened. And they already had it set up, so they knew what was going to happen. So that could have that been planned. Who the parents did? Like a friend. The girl that recorded. The girl that recorded. Uh Uh-huh. So mama might have told her to do it. I'm sure her mama got a silicophone. She could <laughs> a silicophone. Yeah. Mama was up there high. She, mama had to stand by the stage to make sure ain't nobody do nothing crazy. Okay, mama don't was gonna touch be my up child. There. <laughs> yes, but there's another video of the girl at a graduation. She, you know, they said the little girl was disrespectful because they were. She got her diploma. You know, you were supposed to shake everybody's hand when you walk across the stage. So she was shaking everybody's hand. She got to this one particular teacher. She put her hand up in her face like no ma'am. And then she went on to the next person. And now she you know I'm petty all the time. And I probably would do the same thing. Like, oh no, bitch. No, no, we don't roll like that. Cause I ain't trying to be fake. And I'm not being fake and we not finna do that. I, I would have done I would have done it. Cause it's hard. Like with me, now, and y'all, I don't know if I would have been that bitch. I'm petty all the time. I probably would have shook the hand. I, <laughs> I probably would have shook a hand and kept going. Okay. And I would never have to see okay. you again. So, okay, so, 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 true story. One of my good friends got married a couple of weeks ago. And we went, and I was, she invited us to her wedding. And uh, I was there. And one of my high school friends, I remember I'm friending this girl, I guess it was like three years ago. Because she was doing too much on my page one day. And I was like, no, we're not finna argue about this. None of that. Well, you can't just click. Blah. <laughs> and I did not not speak to her at the wedding. But when she saw me, and she saw me, it was it was this expression. Like, just like, <laughs> like she wanted to speak, but then realized she thought that if she had spoken, that I wouldn't have spoke, and I probably would have. Uh, Cause it wasn't a big thing. She was just doing too much that particular day. I'm saying the other way. I'm always 
<laughs> but she but she saw me and she like huh? and then she just kinda like stopped. And I was gonna speak to her, but she just kinda avoided me the rest of the night. I'm like, okay, well, don't forget for doing too much. <laughs> but it's hard for me, it's hard for me to be fake with people. Like if I don't like you, I don't like you. Okay. I'm I'm pretty much that way myself. If I like you, I like you. If I don't like you, you know it. Well if I don't like you, you won't never know unless I want you to know. But there are a lot of people that think you don't like them. I had a friend who just I thought to he didn't like me. Right, I got a friend who just I was just talking to them the other night, and they said they didn't think that you liked them. And I was like, "No, nah, he don't. If if he didn't like you, he's not gonna say nothing to you. If he even if I'm nice to you, I don't like you. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, I done told my secret. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all don't hear that. I might edit that out, and I might not. <laughs> well, anyway, so <laughs> that, that brings us to another close of this foolishness. Foolishness again. Thanks y'all for listening. Thank you, thank you. Um, any uh, closing words before we leave, Miss Deborah? Get tested. Get tested. Get tested. Oh Lord, you got a question? Get tested. Sorry. <laughs> like she said, get tested, and not only that, like I said, don't let just be the one time you get tested. Make it a routine. Do something you want to do on a regular basis. Every three to four months. Get it. tested. <laughs> um, uh, brother. Well, I'm going to say, as I say, We're every good week. Good foot. No. If you can't be good, be good at it. I'm going to need you to come up with something else. <laughs> oh, that wouldn't <laughs> work. That's your hook. <laughs> That's it. If you can't be good, be good at it. Hashtag, where my Get job tested. at? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, where are my drops? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it, right? There we go. That's gonna be our T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, one last thing. Please don't forget that we are doing testing all um, next week from uh, June twenty first to June twenty seventh, and on the night of June twenty seventh, we will be throwing it down at the hood. Come on down, Derek. You you got the band again. Groove Trio will be in the building. Live karaoke. You can come. You can come get in for free, but you got to have proof of a recent HIV test. So that's gonna be going down at the hood. 2217 6th Avenue South Birmingham Alabama 35233 right across from Ernst Well we can City. test it when you get there if you oh, don't we, have a um, proof that uh, you got this Yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun this is being sponsored by uh, UChaps uh, so shout out to them for all they do We got some vendors we're gonna have some jewelry the dessert Well bless the Lord Mm-hmm. Come on down. Uh, so anyway, so that's come for the food. That's mm-hmm. come for the fun. No, fun, fun, <laughs> and festivity. <laughs> we out. <Yeah>. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. <laughs>